my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. What is Zen Parenting Radio, you may ask, sweetie? Are you asking right now? I am not asking. Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters. Count them, three. Ages uh, 10. How old are they? 12? 12. Whatever. 10. 7. Close enough. Close enough. And um, we have uh, conversations with people we love. We're going to introduce our guests in just a second. Uh, But first, I want to tell you what Zen Parenting Radio is. We discuss what, sweetie? What are the three things we talk about? Transformational wisdom. Yep. Um, Every, everyday challenges and and pop culture to encourage what self awareness yep laughter yep empathy very good sweetie it's getting in there it's getting, getting in my there. brain I think I wrote that um, yes you did as a matter of fact <laughs> um, so we have my niece my niece your niece our niece her I name win. is Madeline Marie McFadden Maddie welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. How Pretty many good. podcasts have you done up until this point? None. This is number no. one? Maddie and Max Wait, did, did our I? first podcast. I did. Do you remember? I, vaguely. Did? It was our practice podcast when we were deciding whether or not we were going to be podcasters. Yeah. We were in Florida, and we said, Maddie and Max, come on the show, and we're going to ask you questions. I and totally we taped remember it. that Do you remember now? that? Yep, because you were asking about our Did parents. it ever go That's on? That's right. Did and it go Max on air? And I were like, do we answer on are we honest? Was it real? Did we go on air? No, we didn't go on air. We just oh. taped it so we could hear. Oh, it was practice. Yeah, I think we said it, sent it to our producer at the time. and It was practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. <laughs> we're talking about practice. Poggy, put your practice. So you could hear what we're doing. My aunt is here, too. Um, so, Maddie, first and most important question. Yes. Who is your favorite uncle? <laughs> you. That's right. You're also my only uncle. Well, but let's we're going to let that one slide. Let's not get caught up in the details <laughs> of that. All right. Sounds good. Sounds let's good. just go on record that I am the favorite uncle. There right, we go. Right, sweetie? Correct. Maddie and her brother Max, who is... So Maddie is 18. That's just weird to say out loud. Max is 15. They're our niece and nephew, and they were our first babies. They weren't our babies. Yeah. The reason we're such good parents is because we were able to witness... Um, Chris and Drew. That's Maddie's, my sister Maddie's and my parents. brother-in-law. Yeah. And we learned from them. Yes. And and we got to take care of Maddie and Max. Mm-hmm. We used to take them to our apartment in Chicago, right, Maddie? Oh, yeah. Cheetos. 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 What else? You learned not to give me large milkshakes. Yes. Why did... How did I learn that lesson? <laughs> because you... Where were we going? Galena? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you decided to buy me a large milkshake from McDonald's. That's right. Which I then spilled... All over the inside of Kathy's car. Well, because she was a little girl and she was supposed to have a small, but Todd didn't understand. That no, milkshake, I was like three. That milkshake was bigger than her head. <laughs> it was. So we have Maddie. So everybody's like, okay, why, why, why are we interviewing this young lady? And the answer is, <clears throat> um, I want to get to the culmination at the end as far as why right. we decided Well, there's to do this. actually, there's many different reasons. Yes. We, we were with Maddie this weekend and we realized what an amazingly cool story Maddie has. Besides the fact that we're super proud of her and yes. she's Thank our you. family. Um, she just has a really interesting story. And so we started with the, you know, early years, you know, she actually lived in Elmhurst where we mm-hmm. lived for a while. Um, and, you know, we used to be with her all the time. We loved her, all those kind of things. And then what was, and I'm kind of posing this question, Maddie, so we can jump into the story. Yeah. When you were little in an elementary school, who was the person in the class who was always like last in the picture? Oh, that was me. Hardcore. And, <laughs> all the way. And why were you always last in the picture? I was, well, I mean, 
Just the physically. Just physically, I why? Was always the shortest. Always and I the still shortest. am. Yes, always Maddie. Maddie was the shortest, and we thought of her as like you know Maddie's a peanut. And my aunt who is here listening. Hi, Aunt Peg. Hey, Peg. <laughs> she. My aunt is. What are you, Peg? Five two, five five feet. She's not tall. Five, five one. So she we, was born without a tongue, Clark. <laughs> She doesn't want to duck on air. But she, my aunt's short, and Todd is not super tall. And or Actually, you wouldn't be in that mix because you're from a different family. <laughs> um, but we, you don't belong in that conversation. But we didn't think much of it. No. Um, but then Maddie had a doctor's appointment in, what was that, fifth grade? And middle of fourth grade. Middle of fourth grade. And what, what did you find out? Um, I was diagnosed with Turner syndrome. And will you explain what Turner syndrome is? It's... Uh, I can a, read it if you want. Nut- but. Do you want to read no, it? No, let, let Maddie do it. Okay. In, in a nutshell, if you want to go into depth, you can. It's, um, it's a chromosomal disorder. And there's two types. One's just Turner syndrome where you, um, only occurs in females. You're totally missing the second X chromosome. You're okay. just born without it. Um, and then there's mosaic Turner syndrome where you still have your second X chromosome, but parts of it are missing or it's deformed in some way. Okay. Which can lead to, I mean, do you want me to go into like... Sure, sure, explain. Well, which one do you have? Uh, just regular Turner syndrome. Okay. Uh, in, so basically what that leads to, majority of the time, is a whole lot of different like health issues. Yeah. So it can affect your heart, your liver, your kidneys, your thyroid, all that good stuff. And then most majority of girls with Turners are also born with some variety of learning disabilities, mm-hmm. usually in math, and then usually nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Which, so... And then the height. And then the height. That, which is yeah, a physical. the height is a, the big physical thing, yeah. Now, would you say at the time when, because height was the thing that I think the doctors said, let's do some tests, if right. I remember correctly, but were you also struggling with learning at the time? Oh, yeah. And so how did that show up? That, it, it never really showed up because it was always there. It wasn't one day. It was, oh, I don't understand this. It was just kind of how, I mean, I was the only first grader with a math tutor. Got it. Got um, it. So... It was one of, but no one really thought anything of it. It was just, oh, this is how she learns. I mean, which was kind of cool. No one really was like thought of it any differently than it was. Right. It wasn't a negative thing. It was just she needs more support. That's just how I learned. And I mean, to that day, that still is true. But then when I was diagnosed, I was also diagnosed with through the psychoeducational testing. I was diagnosed with a nonverbal learning disability and then a specific learning disability in math, which kind of explained all of that. Yes. Yes. So so I have to ask this question. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of reflect back at the time because I remember, um, you know, this whole process. And yeah. we have, we lived in the same town, so I was with yeah. your, your mom you a, lot. a lot. Yeah, you were there a lot. Yeah, I was there a lot, yeah. Um, but when you got that news, how did you feel? What can you can, – do you remember? Were you afraid? Vaguely. I mean, as a nine-year-old getting this information, you don't really know how to process it. Right. It's kind of just okay. Did the doctors tell you or did your parents tell you? Or do you remember? My no, I oh, I very clearly remember being told this. It was by my mom because mm-hmm. I remember what. Let's see, what was it? My dad was out of town, and so she was going to wait. They had gotten a call from the doctor. I'd had the blood test. They said, okay, this is what you have. And my dad was out of town, so my mom was going to wait until my dad got back, and you were going to sit me down and tell me together. But my mom, being my mom, uh-huh. she, couldn't, she couldn't wait. She couldn't wait. And so she told me, and I remember not really knowing what to think, but feeding off of her emotions a lot. Mm, and what were her emotions? She was scared. Mm-hmm. And she was nervous because, I mean, what do you do with this information? This, mm-hmm. You know, you have this Turner syndrome that not very common at all. Nobody knows a whole lot about it. I mean, 
she she was nervous. And I remember being there, and I don't know if it was the day she told you or the next day, but I went over to be with her, and she was upset because here's the thing that, you know, we're talking about the, the height and the learning, but the thing that, as Maddie said, is there can sometimes be significant things, like with the heart. Yeah. And, and so we didn't know where we stood with this. No. And as your, mo- your mom was afraid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and she never showed that to me right but I mean looking back on it you can definitely tell can feel well and I remember being with her and she was upset but we were kind of keeping it together having right. a conversation and we were trying to come up with a plan and I remember you kind of like skipped in the room <laughs> and you kind of looked at us like dudes what's the problem mm-hmm. like you know yeah. what's the mm-hmm. problem and you were like I'm just gonna go <laughs> back you know I'm gonna go in the backyard and you guys you didn't say any of these things but your facial expression you were so fine yeah and I think that's something that's very interesting to talk about with kids and sometimes these labels and these diagnoses that scare the crap out of us as Mm -hmm. adults Maddie was just the same that day she was the The day day before before. right Right. but us parents get inside of our head and we take a diagnosis and we run with it and we get on the web and figure out best case worst case scenarios and all of a sudden you look at your daughter like she's a different person when in fact to your point Kathy she's the exact same person And and I would be the exact same as my sister, yeah. meaning I would probably initially go into my head and go, because I remember you had to get all new doctors, you had to have all these appointments. Oh, it was for a good two or three months. It was just, a, it's kind of a blur. It's just a whole bunch of doctor's appointments, tests, everything, because with this, you had to go back and you had to, I mean, I had to have a test on to make sure everything was okay. I mean, I had, you know, I had an echo from my heart, I had whole bunch of blood tests to check like my thyroids like cholesterol levels um i had a whole bunch of like kidney and ovary ultrasounds and it just it was constant constant so after they did all those tests did they find anything really good news bad news or you just kind of had it the good news is everything was fine and to this day everything still is fine you know Mm -hmm. knock on wood yeah you go back every year right Mm -hmm. i go for a while, because I was on the growth hormone, so every year for like four years, I had an injection of growth hormone. She couldn't tell by looking at me because I'm only five foot. But... I know we're and we're going to get into that in a second. Um, yeah, and where was I going with that? But yes, everything's been good. But everything's been good. So yeah. let's talk about the growth hormone thing because, as Maddie said, with Turner syndrome, there is a significant height difference, meaning yeah, you do not is. grow to be a more a typical height of someone no. your age. So they were given the option to take it, – it's just called growth hormone? It's – yeah. I mean, I can't think of the specific name. It's There's different varieties and brands of it, but it's just growth hormone in general. Yeah. And the whole intention of the growth hormone is to get you to a height right. that feels more typical for your age. Right. And so you took this – and so it was a shot mm-hmm. that yeah. you took every day. Did you give it to yourself or what happened there? I – like twice I gave it to myself. I was way too nervous to really? give it to myself. I did it a Even few after times. three yeah. or four years, like you just never liked giving it to yourself. I th- yeah. And okay. I mean, I think I totally could have. I mean, I know how to do it. When I went to that first doctor's appointment where they were explaining the shots and the growth hormone and all that, they actually had me practice. They had like a doll that they called Madeline. They're like, here, <laughs> have this doll named Madeline. Give it a shot. Just like you'll do to yourself. Yeah, which, and then they had my parents practice also, and just so we all kind of knew what was going on, and I just never felt comfortable doing it. Mm. Got used to my parents doing it, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you have fun. I think that's the least we can do, right? Right. And so, but four years, every single day, you got a Mm -hmm. shot. Yeah. That sucks. 
Well, one of my favorite stories is, well, it's not really a good story, but uh, Drew, uh, Maddie's dad, his parents live in Kentucky. And they go there every Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and they drove all mom. the way to Kentucky without the growth hormone. And her mom, my sister, had to drive all the way yeah. back. It's brutal. Yeah, drove yeah. back, and I don't. Did she spend the night? I think she spent the night by herself at our house. Drove back the next morning. She must yeah, really like you. Hormone. Yeah, it. I yeah. That's that's an extra ten hours of driving. I don't know. Well, I love is. you, Maddie, but that's a lot of time. Let's <laughs> be honest. Dad. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. So, with the growth hormone, you ended up being now what? What's your height? Five foot. Five foot, baby. Woo! Clap it up. That's right. In- oh, sorry, I'm a little late on the clapperoonies. Oh, you got to clap. He's in the building. No, but that's Oprah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm now. Oh, sorry. I just liked playing. I'm sorry. Good job, Maddie. Thank you. Five feet. The big five. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's good, though. And that's huge, because honestly, they didn't, I mean, doctors and I, we never thought I would get to five foot. Mm. Right. Because I, technically with the growth hormone, I started it later than most girls would have. So, I so were you late, me. were you a late, di- were you diagnosed later than usual, or no? Not, I was diagnosed at a weird time, because it was kind of in between when girls usually are. Mm-hmm. It's usually either, like, right when puberty would start, mm-hmm. or, like, way earlier. Mm. Got it. I was in between. Got it. Yeah. So, and so, just so to um, to give people some more information, just mm-hmm. to so they have an understanding of what they would notice or look for with Turner's. Most of the time, it shows up in height, mm-hmm. and um, like you said, issues with learning. Yeah, those are the two main things, and there can be more physical things depending on. Because it's such a like a case by case thing for totally. each girl, it's so different. There can be like other physical things like web neck, like larger swollen hands and feet and things like that, but not anything that's like super noticeable. Totally. It's not obvious enough. Yeah. So what was it like uh, with this learning disability? I mean, was was school super duper hard for you or what happened? Oh, it sucked. Really? <laughs> Up until about fourth grade. I remember fourth grade being the first year that I wasn't like I didn't completely like hate having to go to school um i guess not that i hated it it was just hard it was it was more work for you You would be exhausted oh do you remember how exhausted you'd be after school it was yeah it was not fun it was so what happened in fourth grade you're still at school um why why did it become easier just because you knew that that there was special challenges ahead of you and it was being dealt with because i had finally had this diagnosis i went through an entire week of psychoeducational testing diagnosed with a learning disability so i was able to get an iep mm-hmm. will you explain what an iep is for people um stands for individualized education program basically it's um how do you explain it? it's accommodations it's different things that the school does to help just hit the microphone sorry i do it all the time <laughs> you're good <laughs> um to provide like you with what you need to learn best mm-hmm. So whether that be, you know, you get pulled out into a resource room and get extra help with math and reading, or you go and see like a speech pathologist or something like that. It gives you the ability to learn the way you need to learn okay. while you're still in like a public school. So basically what happens is once you have this diagnosis and once you understand, then the school can accommodate yeah. what you need to learn mm-hmm. because your, your ability to learn has always been there. Mm-hmm. It's not. This isn't about no. intelligence. No, it's about how her brain worked, how she saw things, and if she if it's 
if it's changed for her or they're given certain accommodations, then she can take it in and understand it. Exactly. And I and why I'm saying that that way is not just for Maddie, but for any child that's given an IEP or a 504 plan, right. which we'll get into. Right. It has nothing to do with their IQ isn't high enough. It's that no. their brain works differently. They see and learn differently. Therefore, the school can accommodate those needs so they can be successful. Yeah. And it's different. Like for me, it's a lot of processing the way I process things, how long it takes me to process things. So like a big thing with me is like extra time when taking tests or like if there's a big project or like a big assignment, I have to break it down. Yeah. And now, I mean, as I'm older, I'm able to do that for myself. It's not a hard thing to do. But before you were lumped in with everybody else expecting to finish the test at the same amount of time and expecting to learn how to facilitate a big project without breaking it into smaller parts exactly and so up until then i didn't have that i mean i had my parents who were awesome and they understood they understood how i worked and so they were able to help me with it which was i mean i'm forever thankful for that but i mean at school it was hard because they're not there when you're in a gen ed classroom with you know 25 other kids your teacher can't say okay here's you know Here's how I'm going to break it down for you. And one of those things is that organizational piece, Mm -hmm. which is we always talk about the prefrontal cortex and the executive functioning. And that was one of those things that obviously is going to develop but developed in a different way for Maddie. So she needed more structure. Because I remember even before the diagnosis, your mom had a great board. Do you remember the board in Mm -hmm. going – like we're in your mudroom in your other house? Like here's what you take to school. And so they set up a system so Maddie could be successful successful with the way she was thinking mm-hmm. yeah and it was awesome because once i got the iep they did that for me at school too i had a checklist with like okay here's what i bring home like i can write down my homework for the day so i remember like what homework to bring yeah so so great it's just little things like that so yeah. as you're going through middle school obviously classes become harder information becomes more challenging did you struggle more as you got older or did you struggle less or was it the same i i started struggling less actually I kind of went in the opposite direction just because as I got older, I mean, I had been learning in my specific way for so long. And now that I'm older, I'm able to like advocate for myself and do what I need to do for like it to make sense and not rely on other people to help me. It's cool. Great. So it got a lot easier. Yeah. Well, and I will say, because I'm her aunt and I have to brag a little bit, her <laughs> grades were incredible. Right. And so incredible that they took away your IEP mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. And when I say they, I'm not like saying the evil people. The I'm bad just guys. saying they, they felt as if your IEP wasn't necessary. And how'd you feel mm-hmm. about that? I mean, I think just for as like a personal pride standpoint, I was like, all right, yeah, this is awesome. Right. And then it kind of hit me. I was like, wait, but now I don't have these accommodations I've had right. for so long. Am I really going to be able to do this? And I was. So did you have to go back on the IAP at all? Or once they took it off, it was gone? I, let's see, halfway through sixth grade, they took it away. And then I was fine up until my sophomore year. Oh, wow. Of high school. And intermediate algebra. Could not do that class for the life of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so You bad. are not alone, my love. Yeah. Maybe there's that's a, lot a of, genetic thing. There's a lot of people that don't have a chromosomal <laughs> disorder and says that that's impossible. Yeah. Pegs over here raising my hand. It just, I could not do this class. And so I went to my parents and I said, I, I need something. Because a big part of it was I wasn't understanding what we were doing in class. And then we'd take these tests and I wouldn't be able to finish these tests. And I went to my teacher and I asked her about it. She's like, I get you, but I mean, there's nothing I can do to help you. I can't, you know, give you special treatment versus everyone else. Mm. It's like, 
no, I totally understand. So I went to my parents and I talked to them. They said, okay, we'll go and we'll see if we can get your IEP back. School said, fine, you still meet the qualifications for the IEP. But when looking back on my history, they're like, you don't need all of these accommodations. So now I have a 504 plan. So will you explain what a 504 plan is? It's a very simple version of an IEP. It's literally just the accommodations. It says what the diagnosis is, why you have it, and then the accommodations you have. Did you get to decide what those accommodations were? I did, actually. Um, or I got a say in. Okay. They, when I went to the school, they said, okay, we'll set up an IEP. They gave me a list of possible accommodations, just like a huge long list, like three or four or five pages. And I went through a couple of days before the meeting originally to like set it up. And I just highlighted what I thought I needed. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the meeting. We talked, we went through each one I'd highlighted, why I thought I needed it, like other modifications we could make to that to make it, you know, better, worse, whatever. And so we came up with. And isn't, I, I mean, and that sounds so obviously the child needs to be involved right. with, and I'm saying child, you were a sophomore in high school by right. then, so you were a young you know, adult or young woman, but that's, that's how it should be. Like they should be just as involved in that process because they know Mm -hmm. what will work for them. I, one of, uh, when Maddie was first getting her IEP, I was able to go to the meeting to kind of help with that process. And they were so great. And this was actually still in Elmhurst. So kudos to our, um, school (laughs) district here. They, she was in, were you in that one of the meetings? I might have been. I feel like the, the first one, maybe not, because we needed to get mm-hmm. all the testing. But then it w- she was like brought into the the system too, so yeah. she could have a say in how things were going. Yeah. And what's hard with at least when you're younger is because I think technically, according to special ed law, in order to like be like really involved and go to the meetings and put your input, it's like fourteen and a half. Ah, which is why I was able to do that. So I'll f- you know, when I got my five hundred four right. plan, but with the IEP. But it makes sense because when you're, you know, nine years old, you really know exactly what you what need you to... need. And I think we may not trust that or maybe we think that'll slow down the process. I don't know. Um, because I wasn't in any of these meetings, um, I know that there's a lot of moms out there that are kind of like bulldogs and like will fight for their kids and not be as collaborative with the school mm-hmm. as maybe they um, should be. How, was your mom more collaborative or was she like, listen, this is what's going to get done or was she somewhere in the middle? <laughs> Well, you've met my mom. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, no, she, I think both her and my dad, I don't think they really knew what to do. So they were trusting the school and they were trusting the psychologists and you, Kathy, and the special ed teachers and the gen ed teachers, gen ed teachers to kind of put together a plan that they felt would work best for me. Yeah. And then if it wasn't working, we go back and change it. That's the thing. Her, her, her mom knows how to speak up if she needs to. She yes. does. But she's also, she was very collaborative. Yeah. She was. You know, she was. What I was able to see. And that's the key is, you know, as we've said on this show so much, is you don't go in with advocating's great, but it's partnership. The mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. wants to help too. Right. I mean, I remember your teacher at the time, she was like, oh, I would, you know, tell me what I need to do and mm-hmm. I'll do it. Oh, yeah, she was it's just amazing. Greatest. Right. And so, you know, that's that's the key is when we go in and say, here's what I can do. What can you do? Let's do this together. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So that was sophomore year. So you got your 504 in place and your grades continued to be amazing and awesome. Mm-hmm. And so how did this experience, did this experience begin to shape what you thought maybe you wanted to do in the world? I think it definitely did. And I think even before I knew I had this diagnosis I did because I've 
for as long as I can remember, I've always known I wanted to help people. I mm-hmm. didn't know how I was going to do it, what I was going to do, you know, that whole thing. But that's what I knew I wanted to do. And I think specifically I always wanted to help people like me mm. who needed the extra help, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. And so that showed up in you wanting to be a? A uh, special ed teacher. A special ed teacher. And now Maddie may have some genetic material in her that around teaching because my aunt who is sitting here and not speaking is a a principal. My mother was a teacher. Mm -hmm. My father was a teacher and an administrator. I am a teacher. So we kind of. My grandparents on the other side were teachers. Both. That's right. Drew's parents are teachers. So it kind of all just, you know. It was never a shock. It was not a shock. (laughs) But it came from a different place. It did. It wasn't my mom or, you know, my family. It it came from an organic place. Yeah. And I think, I mean, because of the whole, like, my whole family's being teachers, I I mean, I do remember being a lot younger in elementary school and wanting to be a teacher. Yeah. But it wasn't until later when I really kind of understood. Like my diagnosis and like how I worked that I really thought special ed. Yeah. And so I read yesterday while I was at Maddie's house, I read a, um, what's it called? A reference Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. one of her lead teachers um, wrote for her. And I got teary reading it because it was so awesome. And it was, I wasn't surprised by any of it because (laughs) because Maddie's clicking her pen and it makes Todd mad. Um, I wasn't surprised by any of it because basically it was just singing the praises of how Maddie connects with these kids and how yeah. she goes above and beyond <clears throat> and connects with them emotionally and makes them feel comfortable and that they want her back. They keep asking when you're coming back. They did. Yeah. For the longest time, I felt kind of bad for him because they, they, yeah. They wanted to hurt you. They, they wanted me to come back. <laughs> so um, is it possible for somebody with Turner syndrome and learning disabilities mm-hmm. to get into college? <laughs> No, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's impossible. Nope. Um, no, yeah, I mean, it's very, because like Kathy said earlier, it's not IQ, it's the way your brain works, so. Well, and I just say that because there's a stigma. Um, oh, there's with a totally stigma. learning disabilities. Yeah. and Well, there's an assumption that it's going to slow them down or they're not going to get what they need. And Maddie, yeah. I hope this isn't too personal, but will you say no. what your grade point average is? Um, I'm at like a 3.7 right now. Yeah. And she's like probably a 3.8 because I just, you know, yeah. my point got a 4.0 is, this semester, so. yeah, she got a 4.0. Like my, you know, let's drive home the point that, you know, we're not solely grade focused, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the grades are very, for Maddie are very indicative of that. She figured out how to, to learn this. the information mm-hmm. right. and that's what we want to do for each kid. So wouldn't yeah. it be great if every kid had an IEP? I yeah. mean, I know we can't do it's that. It's not realistic, but it would be nice. It but, yeah. would be nice. Um, so my love where are you going to college next year um i'm going to illinois state university that's illinois. the redbirds Woo. Go Redbirds! State. so yeah. they have an amazing special ed they program do. yeah they have yeah very good special ed program and now one of our favorite parts of the story <laughs> we're like jumping to all these favorite parts tell everybody the letter you got the other day um this was two days ago saturday literally the day after my last day of high school i got a letter saying i got a scholarship they um, they're going to pay my tuition all four years. Oh, my gosh. Come on. I feel like the applause aren't enough, but I don't have, like, a big air horn to Word. celebrate. Right. So, so Maddie, you must have been in a sport and played all the time and, and sacrificed your whole life for this sport to get this scholarship. No. How I did, played you tennis for, like, three and a half years <laughs> or something like that. I don't and is know. it a tennis scholarship? Nope. Not so even a little bit. <laughs> what's the scholarship for? For teaching special ed. So did you guys – I'm saying this to listeners who can't talk back. Did you guys know that these kind of things exist? 
and that Maddie, because she knew what she wanted to do, this is going to like fit this whole theme of this show. Mm -hmm. She knew who she was. She knew what she was good at. She took something that was a challenge and made it her gift, meaning she knew she wanted to help people who Mm -hmm. had challenges like like she did. Mm -hmm. She figured that out. She decided she wanted to go to school for teaching. She applied. She gets into this school right away, Illinois State. She applied for this scholarship, and now her tuition is going to be paid for for four years. There you go. As a parent, I'm very happy for my niece. But I, if I would have gotten that letter, I would have been like, you have no idea how much money you just saved me. <laughs> so you would have been more excited about the money. I was equally excited for both. But, oh, yeah. So, so are my parents. Yeah, they were pretty excited. they're like, yay, loans. We're yeah. good. <laughs> we're all... So now here's an interesting thing, because we had a discussion about this on Saturday night. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I said to Christine and Drew, and like, this is amazing mm-hmm. news, but it might put a little bit more pressure on Maddie to because the scholarship is predicated on the fact that, one, she stays, stays in, in school ed. for four years with special ed and then teaches in Illinois for two years. Yeah. So there's, uh, um, there's a layer of pressure for Maddie than there is for the normal college freshman. How about we say a layer of expectation? Okay, whatever. Okay. Expectation, I pressure. Like <laughs> Kathy likes words. I'm not such I'm, a fan. I'm with you, Kathy. Good, thank you. So what I said to Chris and Drew, I'm like, this is awesome, but she might feel like she's got to kind of keep going. And Christine was very clear. It's like, Mm-mm. no, no, no. So what did your mom say? How did you guys talk about um, that? Because if you don't, then the scholarship goes away. Yeah. Okay. So... Here's the thing. So we found the scholarship online. We're like, all right, this is awesome. I'm going to apply. We're going to – because, I mean, why would you not? Right. And the whole teaching in Illinois for two years, that's not a big deal. I mean, I wasn't gonna, planning on leaving anyway. Right She's not school. leaving us, Todd. She's going to live in our basement. No problem. <laughs> live in babysitter. Peg's like, no, you're coming to me. <laughs> um, but she did say, she's like, if you get into this and you absolutely hate it or this isn't what you want to do, then don't do it. Yeah. She said there is no pressure. And I think that's the best – that's the second best part of the story. The first yeah. part is her getting the scholarship, but the second part is that they had already had that discussion with Maddie saying, listen, if this, does, if this doesn't float your boat, don't sweat it. Then don't do it. And we already, they save some money. They can mm-hmm. do loans. Yep. There are other options. Well, so we can rejoice in mm-hmm. her getting this because it was based on who she is and the recommendation yeah. she had in her grades, and she worked hard for this. Right. But at the same time, it's it's not who she is, yeah. that she still has all the options in the world. Right. Yeah. So, Yeah. I think it's great. I do too. So I'm just so proud of you and I'm so sad. Well, see, Maddie's going to babysit for us this summer, so we're going to spend a lot of time with her. But she was our first baby and she's going away. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. We actually had some deep talks about that on the way home yesterday from Batavia is that not to make anybody sad, but the family unit is changing. Yeah, the four of you. The four of you. Because you'll come home during the holidays and I'm like... You know, this is a terrible bedside manner, but I'm so glad I'm not Chris and Drew right now because <laughs> my kids are still so young yeah. and I can try to appreciate it. Because once you leave, you're going to come back for holidays and weekends and then maybe right. even after school, after you're done, you'll come back and live with your parents for a few years and save your money like I did. Mm-hmm. But it's it will never be the same. And I'm it's trying different. not to be melodramatic, but it's, it's, a, it's well, a shift. It's, yeah. It's a milestone. It's a milestone. And that you're going to think, you know, what do we know for certain about life? That everything changes. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it's so shocking. Everything your parents have done in your life has been to get you here so you can go fly and be free. Definitely. But there's that component of to right now, I know that every time I go over there, I'm going to see the Maddie Cakes Mm -hmm. and I'll miss her. Yeah, Yeah. I know. It's going to the house. Well, I always used to say that because Maddie was a little, what's the nice word about 
when Maddie was young, she had a lot of energy. She bounced around. They used to call her Tigger. Yeah, they did. I was called Tigger. So whatever, every <laughs> few months or once a year, you'd get sick, and I just I felt like the the energy in the household was palpably low whenever you were sick because Maddie was so had so much energy and shine that when she didn't feel good, everybody felt that right. Kind of like oh, right. Yeah, it was weird. Down. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was such an interesting. So we talked about Maddie a lot. We talked about Chris and Drew a lot. I feel like we should at least bring up the butch so he doesn't get mad at us. Oh, okay. the butch. Max. Well, we're going we're gonna to have Max on at no, some we're point. Not. Yes, not, we are. He's no. Yes, we are. What's he going to bring um, to the table? Max is 15 years old. He loves football. He's a good football player. Yes, he he's really good. He's a good lacrosse player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a nice kid. He is. And that's something, again, I know this is my family and you guys are going to be like, whatever. But my niece and nephew are two of the nicest people in the world. Well, and I wanted to close the show, but I'm having more things that I have to say. Maddie and Max, not that you guys were always like on good behavior or respectful they to your made parents. Mistakes and you stuff. made mistakes, right. but. I don't know. I feel like that the family unit that they have was such a good role model for you and I yeah. because I never heard anybody scream at one another. No. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure it happened from time to time, but I certainly didn't see it. You guys were always respectful. Your communication was open and fluid. And and when you had challenges, that was open and fluid. Yeah, yeah. you worked through it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just it was just a wonderful role model for us and, and continues to be for that matter. Yeah. yeah. I like when you're with my kids because I'm like, they're absorbing maddiness. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Maddie, is there anything else you want to say? I mean, you know, we forget to ask a question. No, I think just the big thing is like we're talking about like the kind of whole Mm -hmm. series of events that kind of leads up. Like you were talking about how like when I was first diagnosed, it was such like a scary thing, but it led to all this great, all these great things. Yeah, I know. And you don't see that at first, right? Because you're in the moment. Yeah. And I think it's just you kind of have to look back on it to understand. Okay, this is why it happened. This is this is you have to give it time. Everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. Well, and that to that point of your greatest challenge is sometimes your gift in the world. Yeah. And and it's very hard to feel that initially, like you said, but you understand these kids in a way that many of us may not. Yeah. And I mean, when I was first diagnosed, it sucked, but at the same time, it was kind of awesome. It was like, okay, all these questions we've had are answered. I mean, right. it's not going to make it any easier, but there's an answer. There's a way to... Self awareness, Maddie. Yeah, you are one of the most self aware people. And she's our quote girl too. She's got quotes all over her bedroom walls. Maddie's a word person like myself. What does she have on her bedroom walls? Everything. That's what I have. Like all of the like I have this word document. I honestly, I think it's like six pages now, just full of quotes. And I can afford inspirational, inspirational quotes. What's your What's your motto? Mine. Oh, fearless. Be fearless. Be fearless. That's Maddie's motto. And Taylor Swift's. It is. Well, and it's it's fearless, meaning the same thing like you can have fear, but you move forward anyway. And that's, yeah, exactly. Maddie, I love you. And thank you for being so amazing. Sweetie, do you want to say anything to Maddie? I love you, Maddie. Thanks for being on our show. Thank you. Um, To close out the show, we're going to play the Illinois State's fight song which I don't think Boom. I've ever heard of. That's not Maddie's favorite song. Were we going to play really? Maddie's favorite no, song? No, I decided to do the Illinois fight song. <laughs> I, I like it. We'll go with it. Okay. I'm down. Fight for ISU. Peg, sing it for us. Raise you went to ISU. Are you trying to sing the lyrics, Todd? Hello, so let us cheer the Redbirds on to victory. Yikes. All right, this we'll catch done. you guys next week. Good job, Maddie. Thank you. Have a good weekend, everybody. Keep trucking.